one. Hello, everybody. How's it going? We are live on Grounded. Uh, I've lost track of what episode. I didn't pay attention anymore. Uh, but my Q&A live stream, we're here with Drew from Talosive Everything, EV Tech. Um, he has <laughs> a lot of YouTube channels and some big successful ones. So hello. Thank you for joining today. Thank you. Um, Thanks for having me on. I just want to set the record straight. I'm a big fan. I watch all your videos <laughs> consistently <laughs> as quickly no. as I can. I'm So I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, thank you so much. You did. I didn't know you were going to do that. <laughs> I appreciate it. I watch your videos as well. Um, today, before I, before I forget, today's December uh, 11th, uh, 2023, just so everybody listening in the future knows for context. Um, yeah, you, you commented on one of my videos a, a long time ago. And of course, you have the check mark. And I'm like, well, you know, when you're new, especially, I'm like, gosh, a, check, a check mark commented on my video. This is insane. Um, so uh, I had not seen your channel before that, but I immediately subscribed. And now I know a lot more about iPhone. Um, thanks to you. And it's so funny because you oh, do good. those skits in the beginning of your videos. <laughs> and I had not really watched uh, Apple events before. I usually would just kind of learn after the fact or something. And then I watched sure. one and Tim Cook comes out and he goes, good morning. And I'm like, oh, it sounded exactly <laughs> the same. Like I, I thought it was you. I couldn't believe it. So oh it's just God, so funny, funny to me. I, I love that. It's, it's your I'm sentiment. happy so, I was able to forever taint to your perspective of oh, Tim Cook. For sure. Sure, because I, I heard you do it, I mean, you know, probably 20 times before I ever heard him do it. <laughs> and it was yeah. like, perfect. I guess so. I have a lot of uh, practice. That's probably Good. why. Awesome. That's so funny. Okay. <laughs> so today we'll be talking about, um, I mean, you know, the live stream is for everyone to have a discussion. That's kind of my favorite part of YouTube is talking with the collective, as I call it, all the yeah. audience and, you know, people, uh, you know, just when you get everyone together. There's so mm -hmm. much knowledge. It's insane. Um, and posting True. videos isn't, it doesn't, ha isn't that good for back and forth? It's like, I'm talking at you. Um, so with this you have live to guess what topics people are interested in, which we're yes. not great at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so with the live stuff, we want to hear from you guys. We want to take your questions and kind of discuss that and dissect that. So we'll do that. So get your questions in as we start talking here. So, you know, my thoughts for today are, uh, Cybertruck mostly of course um but you brought up aptera do you want to talk a little bit about you went to the aptera factory which is awesome um do you want to talk yes, about that experience yeah. and kind of what you're excited for uh, out of that company yeah it was so much fun mainly because i'm an efficiency first guy and i care about trying to make the most out of the designs and engineers we have and trying to think outside the box a little bit like the cyber truck is so outside the box, trying to radically change the way we look at pickup truck design. I think Aptera is kind of radically rethinking the way we look at passenger vehicles. And I just got so much more excited for the future of the company after um, seeing everything in person and driving the prototype and meeting the CEO. And what I've loved about that brand in particular is they're not they won't shy away from any question, any concern people have, anything that's like, hey, does this make sense? Does this make sense? I've never worked with a brand this open before um, that's so willing to just say, yeah, ask questions. We'll give you the best answer we can. And usually it's very thorough. And typically any tiny, well, did you think about this? Did you consider that? Did you think about this? They're like, yep, we thought about that five different ways and more ways that you didn't even consider. And this is why we came to that conclusion. And I was very skeptical of the company when I first found out about him. I was like a thousand mile range. That's ridiculous. That's a scam. And the more I read, the more I asked, the more curious I was, the more sense it made. So I'm just very happy and proud to be part of that little community. And, um, yeah, it's it's just uh, an exciting new, like, innovative chapter, I think, in automotive history. 
Yeah. Uh, so with the thousand mile range, do you think that's achievable like anytime soon? Or do you think that's more of like an attention grabber and then it draws you in and like, look, we are really efficient, but maybe that's <laughs> a little aspirational. Yeah, it could be. I like all EPA estimated ranges, particularly the more you focus on aerodynamic efficiency to get your EPA range. Usually that means the easier it is influenced. So Tesla often relies on aerodynamic efficiency to get their really good EPA range figures. But that's why you notice most people saying Teslas don't hit their EPA range, but other brands might. Uh, in fact, for other brands, whether it be Porsche or BMW, it's actually common for them to exceed their EPA range estimates because they're right. relying more on the Peter Rawlinson coin term dumb range, which is just put a bigger battery in there. Don't worry too much about the aerodynamics. That's less influenced by the EPA because aero is so drastically different depending on your speed, depending on um, the temperature, depending on the elevate. You know, it's easier weather, to influence that battery. Yeah. So. I would not be shocked at all if the largest battery pack Aptera doesn't necessarily hit 1,000 miles per charge every single time, just like my Tesla doesn't sure, <laughs> hit its yeah. EPA range. But I still, when it, going into it years ago, I kept remembering, okay, let's assume the real world range is 30% worse with every Aptera trim. Okay, that's 700 miles of range instead of 1,000. Right. Nothing else is coming close to that. Not, nothing wrong <laughs> like, with that. That's still... Right. That's still insane, particularly for an EV with solar cells on it that can charge itself and also um, cost under 50 grand or close to that, you know, be moderately affordable. Yeah, it's a bit more niche because it's a two-seater and a two-door, so it's not going to replace the family SUV. I know that, but we have the data. Tesla probably has this data, too. That's why I'm very excited and interested in the next-generation vehicle platform from them because... Tesla has like the crowd data that shows how many people on average are in each vehicle on the road. They right. probably know. Oh, they know for they, sure. They know the numbers that other uh, companies have done the research for, which is that most cars don't have more than one to two people in them at a time. Sure. Right. There's edge cases where it's a family road trip and sometimes we got five, six, seven people, but vast majority of the time, probably more than 50%, more than 60%. It's just one person, maybe two driving around a giant, huge heap of metal <laughs> and moving all this air out of the way, using up all this electricity, maybe charging from a dirty grid. And I feel like the Aptera addresses all of the, the vast majority of use cases uh, more than people realize. For sure. Nothing wrong with a dirty grid. Just throw it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so um, yeah, so I do have an Aptera on order. Now, I'm not what sure. Did you order? Um, what did I order? Which trim? Like, which? what's your config? I don't remember. For I ordered a while ago, so I honestly don't remember. <laughs> don't um, no, I, okay. I don't remember. I'd have to go look at my email, but um, I can gotcha. get back to you on that. But uh, I don't know if I, – I'm not in the – you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you had a Model X and you buy Teslas. You're, like, super rich. I'm really not. I'm really the first model three. I, the first model three I bought was a really stupid decision. Like if anyone looked at my finances oh, really? when I bought that first model three, they would have been like, "Dude, <laughs> don't! What are you doing?" And we made it yeah. work. And then now there's YouTube, and you know we can you know kind of do that stuff. And we're in a different spot now. But I'm definitely not in the place where I could be like, "Yeah, I'm just going to buy a couple cars so I have them." Right. But right. with all that said, uh, yeah. I do have it on order because I'm totally with you on the efficiency camp. And obviously, going from gas to electric was just a massive leap in efficiency. And so that was exciting for me, excuse me. And so that's why I'm excited for Cybertruck because 
now when I bought that Model 3, I was debating between a Model 3 or a Chevy Silverado. Those were my two choices at the time. Oh, and really? yeah, I ended up going with the <laughs> Model different. 3, very <laughs> different. But I went with the Model 3 because of efficiency, because I commute, I drive a con for work, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to pay all for the gas. And I was, you know, you know, I wanted all that stuff. But the efficiency is what really was like, you know what, let's make the jump, not do gas anymore. And so I'm excited for Cybertruck because in the grand scheme of all vehicles on earth, it's insanely efficient still. But then once yeah. you get into the EVs, you do this game. I'm sure you do it while you're driving where you're like, oh, I got to get the best watt hours possible. I don't want to use any energy if I don't have to. So <laughs> now my thought is I really don't want to drive a gigantic empty cyber truck to work, you know, four days a week. I, I go to work four days a week. I work uh, from home one day a week, thankfully. And use all that energy when the Cybertruck's going to be empty. I don't need a bed most of the time, but I want it and I will use it. I will utilize (laughs) that stuff. And we have two kids, so we will have four to five people in there sometimes. So um, Mm. I would love to have the Aptera as like my commuter to use a tiny bit of energy. And then the Cybertruck now financially doesn't quite make sense. (laughs) It'd be smarter to just use a Cybertruck, but, but it's just kind of a cool setup, you know, in my head. So. Um, yeah, yeah, it looked like a very futuristic driveway. <laughs> very <laughs> weird sure. vehicles mm-hmm. everywhere. <laughs> I like that <laughs> aspect so of it. I like, I like that it's controversial. That's kind of what drew me to the Cybertruck in the first place. Is like so many people hate it, and I was like, mm-hmm. nice, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so we have a pretty good amount of questions coming in here. So let me get to some of these. And you guys can uh, spam me a little bit, but there's not too much. So I should be able to get to all of you. Uh, but I don't know if you're like me and get stuck on a topic and talk about it for 10 minutes. Oh, I do. Definitely. I'm okay, cool. Same way. Um, all right. So I, I don't really hold back on this one. So somebody asked, I'll put it up there. Is whole Mars a grifter? So <laughs> I don't know if you saw what he's doing on X. I did see um, that. I did. It's, to me, it's, it's kind of cringe. So he basically, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't blame him. But it's kind of cringy. He basically posted mm. on X and he said, uh, I really want to buy this Cybertruck, but it's too expensive. Please donate to me, um, <laughs> you know, if you want. Which, he's not forcing anyone to do anything. He's just put it up there. And if people want to give yeah. their money to that, they can. I think, in my opinion, there's better places if you want to give away money to do that. Um, yes. You know, there are yes. foster children or animals, shelters. And, no, you know, they're, they're... none of that matters, Chris. I need a, <laughs> a cyber beast. Um, <laughs> So, so I'm putting it up there because, you know, people like to talk about this stuff. I think it's pretty cringe. At the same time, I'm like, I want to do that. What the heck? I want my Cybertruck. I'm not going to. Um, I will, I will play devil's advocate for a second because I did something which I don't think is the same thing, but some might say similar because I had a Tesla fund when a few years ago I decided I want to, I want to get a Tesla, but I will say. I remember you talking about that. That. The narrative was a little bit different because I was coming at it from the standpoint of we are getting a Tesla. We are we are buying one. And the fund is basically where every dollar the channel makes is going, regardless of if it's a super chat, ad revenue, all the money generated from the Patreon and the EV channel is going straight towards this fund. And how much we get um, will variate which model, which trim we buy and at what time. So I wanted people to be aware of, by the way, every dollar you donate is going towards this. But it was not like a, if 
if we don't hit certain threshold, we're not going through with it. It was a for right. sure thing. It was happening. It was just, do you want to accelerate that timeline? Here's how. Mm-hmm. And I didn't own a Tesla. I think that's kind of one of the the strict right. differences you- here. Omar has a Model S that he does a brand new stuff. Model S, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is kind of weird. I mean, yeah. I could get more behind it, I guess, if he said, yes, I will be selling my Model S to offset the cost or I'm definitely getting a Cybertruck. This will just help me accelerate my savings toward that goal that right. I would have said, OK, yeah, you're right. There's, there's definitely better ways to spend your money um, or if you want to donate. Sure. But. Yeah. This one is just a little bit weird because he's not willing to sell the Model S. <laughs> yeah. and, it's weird. And uh, and I think the day before he said to me, because uh, he said, oh, maybe I should just get it and I'll make, you know, the money back from content, which is a legit strategy. And uh, you need to I was like, a lot, though. Like that's, and that's what I said. I, you know, he, he was like, maybe I'll make up the extra 20 K by getting the foundation series, you know, by mm. making content. And I responded, I was like, there's no way you're going to make 20 K making Cybertruck <laughs> content, you know, because on top of what he already does, he already is very successful on X and, and YouTube and stuff. So is that's he going to in, yeah. increase another 20 K on top of that? Right. And he responded and he said, I already make 10,000 a month on social media. So, you know, yes, I can. And, you know, then the next day he's like, hey, everybody pay me. So we don't need to talk about this too long. In my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, especially with that income, I'm even more confused why you would. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) What I will say from this side, like the being a content creator side, you do get a lot of people that are very eager to give you money. I don't know what it is, but there are people that just kind of just fall in love with your content or just enjoy it so much or whatever it is. They're like, please let me give you money. And. I, he's not doing anything wrong, technically. I don't blame him. It's kind of weird. I wouldn't do it, but um, it's not a good look, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, it kind of affects your credibility. It affects the, people's opinion of you a little bit. If you're yeah, like, and then, what are you trying to do? You know, but, and then 0.1% of people stop following you. Everybody else forgets, and you have a Cybertruck. So <laughs> um, I did. I did. Um, it's my first cringe, uh, but I get it. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> like, it's, it's cringy. I personally wouldn't do it, but I, I – I understand it. Um, I had started a Minecraft server over 10 years ago and I built mm-hmm. up a pretty big community there. I mean, it was, we had hundreds of players and I had yeah. no type of donation system or anything. And these people based these, I mean, they're mostly kids, you know, playing Minecraft and, and I was lying right. there too, but they basically bullied me into opening a donation like uh, setup <laughs> because I was like, I don't want to do that. It's weird. Like I don't mind running the server for you guys and we'll all have fun. And they're like, and you know, long story short, it was like, you know, some months were over a thousand dollars they were sending for this wow. server when That's I was amazing. willing to do it for free. So, um, you just get that kind of that stuff. Is all weird. Right. <laughs> it's hmm. weird. Uh, all right, let me stick with some of these cyber truck questions for now. There are some FSD questions oh, sure. we will get to, um, okay. and we'll do that. So this is a good question. We'll see what you think. Um, so fearsome beard says I configured <laughs> it and added the 250 non-refundable deposit. Should I take delivery even though it's $20,000 more? So for anyone, there's no foundation series cyber truck there. Some people are getting invited to uh, configure. You can either get all wheel drive or cyber beast. And it's, you know, 80,000 for all wheel drive, 100,000 for cyber beast. But for the foundation edition, Tesla has added $20,000, which gives you FSD and some other things that are probably not worth $20,000. It's kind of like a, you know, you can pay extra to get it faster. So Mm -hmm. what do you think about this? Do you think it's worth spending 20,000 to get it, you know, maybe a year earlier? We don't know, but let's say. 
I would not personally, just because having watched a lot of Tesla vehicles ramp and come to market, I think the the new factor will wear off uh, fairly quickly. And especially as they hopefully run up to 250000 a year, it sounds crazy, but the Cybertrucks at that point are basically going to be as common as Model 3s. Right now, that sounds surreal. Like, what? They're just everywhere? They just flood the market? But at that point, um, basically, resale value drops a lot faster for you. And I don't think people are going to pay much of a premium for the little badging on the back or whatever. Um, So me personally, I would advise against it. (laughs) I would say it's not worth it. Um, it's hilarious to me that they added a 250 deposit on top of the 100. <laughs> That's also cringe. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Why? it's hilarious, but it's also classic Tesla. I think from a shareholder's perspective, this is a genius idea. Dare I say I predicted it in several of my videos. I said when supply is super low and demand is crazy high, the price is going to reflect that. So I yeah. remember, I think, on a few occasions saying I could see the Cybertruck getting up to 120 because, you know, Model X was 120 grand last January. And I'd say Cybertruck is a far superior vehicle than that and uh, far more interesting, far higher in demand because Model X has been in production for several years. Cybertruck just came out. It's the first truck with Nax, period. So just for those reasons, yeah, there's a, if you don't want to buy it, Tesla's going to find someone else that will. So. It's just a question yeah. to me of like, how long will they maintain the founder's pricing? Yeah, no, I, I, I pretty much agree with you from like a overview standpoint for like the average person. I think it's probably not worth it for most people. I was talking to Stephanie about this and I was like, you know, what's funny is if we were like super rich millionaires and we could buy <laughs> this, you know, founder's edition and just kind of store it in our garage, then I bet in 20 years we could resell it for like a ton of money because it would have low mileage. We wouldn't have to drive it. We'd use our other cars and it would have this special badging, but being a normal person <laughs> who actually has to use the vehicle and we'll put tons of miles right. on it. You lose that benefit. And who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, what if they make a hundred thousand, you know, <laughs> founders edition? I mean, it probably won't be that many, but the more they make, the less that badge has value to me personally. True. I think the badge is very cool. And I think it's kind of like almost worth it in the sense of like, if you're in that position and you're that excited, then this is something special you can get. And from content creation, of course, for me, if I buy it, it's a tax write off. And then I can make oh, yeah. content on it, but I ain't going to make $120,000 or $100,000 making content, so. you know? No, not even close. <laughs> I mean, some, some, some people no. were like, oh, you'll make the money back, you know? And I'm like, uh, do you think I'm like MKBHD or something? It doesn't quite <laughs> work that way. People who don't <laughs> understand YouTube revenue probably think, yeah. oh, well, you write it off. That makes it free, right? That no, exactly. at that point. I've seen yeah, people um, suggest that many times, but I suppose it comes down to what your income is. You know, obviously a millionaire, sure, do what you want. Spend the extra 20 grand, no big deal. But I have a feeling if you're asking the question, it's probably a no. If yeah, you have enough money to afford it, you're not asking. You're just doing it. You're yeah. uh, Serena Williams' husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. You know, yeah, you know, people say that. And I, I saw somebody on X say like, um, if you can afford a $100,000 truck, you can afford a $120,000 truck. And I'm like, I, I get where you're coming from. There's probably a lot of people that that's true, but there are some people where there's a cutoff because then, okay, if you can afford 120, then you can afford 150. 
If you can afford 150, yeah, yeah. you can afford 200,000. And then I was like, so you might as well just buy a yacht, just scale all the way up to, you know, a $10 million yacht. Um, yeah, that's a real weak argument. I had a lot of people doing that when I was deciding that I wanted the LFP Model 3. They were like, well, if you're spending that much, you might as well get a long range. If you get a long range, you might as well get a Y. If you get a Y, you might as well get a performance. If you get a performance, you might as well, you know, you can play that game all day. And I was like, yeah. no, nah. at, at a certain point, it's just cash back in my pocket. If If someone told me, We'll get you your Cybertruck next year. You just have to wait, and we'll hand you $20,000 cash today. I'd go, oh, yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty good. Kind of look at it backwards <laughs> instead of yeah. it's costing oh, you yeah. this much. Look at it as what if someone just handed you the cash right now? And yeah, it costs I, the same later. I uh, totally agree. I do the exact same thing um with so the example i always use is when people ask me like about the white seats they're like Are, is it worth it oh, do yeah. you like them and i'm like you know what i do i do enjoy them i like that in the summer when i get in the car it's really not super hot because the white mm. seats make a huge the white interior makes a giant difference there and i, I like it. the way it looks yeah. it's roomy but if somebody walked up to me right now and said here's a thousand dollars but i'm gonna turn your seats black i'd be like okay <laughs> give me a thousand dollars you know what i mean yeah um, yeah that's fair. So, My motivation was also timeline. Back in 2022, it was like super long waits to get the Model 3. And if you optioned it in any way above the base model, you got it a little bit sooner. So I was trying to get it as soon as possible because I wanted it for a big road trip we were doing that summer. So I spec'd it with the white because I didn't want the bigger tires. Those were worse for efficiency, the ride comfort, the efficiency. I love the white exterior and I didn't want to pay two grand for red. Um, so I liked kind of the white on white styling. And so I said, okay, I'll get the white interior. Hopefully that speeds up the delivery process. Also, I kind of like the white, but I'm with you. If it had no effect on delivery timeline, then yeah, I probably would have stick stuck with black. Yeah. In that context, it makes sense. And I remember I got my Turo one before you and you're like, what the, what's going oh on God. over there? I'm like, dude, I don't I know. Totally like, I got, yeah. I was like, I got I was lucky so bad. <laughs> I was so angry. I remember yeah. that. Um, okay. So I do want to, I want to answer this really quick. So, uh, Skylar's asking, uh, Chris, if efficiency is your priority back then, why were you considering a pickup? So earlier, and if you weren't here, I had said when I bought my model three, it was either that or Silverado. Well, efficiency is very important to me, but utility is also extremely important to me. And that's another mm -hmm. reason the, the Cybertruck is so, uh, you know, so attractive to me because efficiency is off the charts again in the terms of all vehicles on earth and truck. utility yes for a truck and, and utility is off the charts in terms of you i'm not going to scratch the paint kicking rocks up on the dirt road i drive against oh, the brush yeah. all the time all the trees just and bushes come into the road and they scrape yeah. you know when i yeah i scrape up against them and they scratch my paint and like it's just something now that i'm like well that sucks but oh well i'm gonna use my car um right so it was this, you know, utility versus efficiency kind of argument. And for me, efficiency won out because I yeah. would use a pickup, but I don't need it. So yeah, that's, mm -hmm. I just wanted to kind of explain that for everybody. That's um, all right. We have a couple other, uh, cyber truck ones here. And if you see anything you want me to, uh, you know, pull out, please let me know. Uh, yes. Okay. The white interior definitely brightens the cabin. Uh, there was one about the camper. Um, I don't know much oh. about this. Anyone have news about the high-tech camper for the new Cybertruck called Cyberlander? Uh, I ordered one from upcoming Cybertruck. So they've been uh, advertising this thing forever. It's a, This is a third-party accessory. I looked into them real close. Okay, go go for it. What, what do you know and what do you think about this? Um, 
they took a lot of uh, funding. <laughs> they got a lot of reservations. I haven't spoken to anyone from them, but my concern basically is that they built their whole company and their whole product off of outdated dimensions. And they insisted on Twitter that they can make it work with the current bed, but I'm less confident because the Cybertruck bed, at least to me, looks a lot smaller than the original prototype, which is kind of what they were designing for. And I haven't seen them officially post, I believe I'm subscribed to them and following them and stuff, but I haven't seen them post like an official production intent. Here's everything working. I've seen renderings, but that that only gets you so far, especially if you were basing it off of outdated um, dimensions. So I... (laughs) I'm skeptical um, that there's a way to make it work, but I like the concept. I think that company will still deliver something really cool. I don't think it will be similar to the Cybertruck. I don't think it'll be as cool as the original unveiled prototype. (laughs) The original concept was just way too good to be true. Oh, come on. I love the current Cybertruck. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's, it's honestly great. I I love the, the actual production Cybertruck. I just think the expectations were way out of whack, which is why I spent, you know, two, three years trying to warn people. <laughs> like, yeah. I was preemptively defending it all this time. And people looked at me as a, a hater or a Tesla bear for saying that, hey, guys, I don't think the truck's going to be cheap and I don't think the range is going to be very good. And then the whole, shut up, Drew. Why are you so critical? Why are you so hateful? Just have hope. Be optimistic. And then here we are, and now I'm the hopeful one. Now I'm the optimistic one, and all these, all these people going, ah, Tesla disappointed us. I was like, not me. I, yeah. My expectations were in line. Yeah, there it there is. There you go. That's the Cyberlander. Sorry, I was working on getting that up um, so we oh, could good. see You're it good. while you were talking. So that's the Cyberlander for anyone that doesn't know. This is one of those things that, yeah, I'm, I am very skeptical of this kind of stuff. Um, and they did a lot of advertising via YouTubers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think they did. Yeah, they were like, you know, YouTubers like, like I've done mineral ads too, where they, they do the mineral ads for this. And I'm like, this is for a vehicle. That's not even, we don't even know anything about, uh, you know, technically and dimensions you don't have anything. So how are you like taking money for this? But, um, I agree with you. It seems like the company, I mean, I don't think they're trying to scam anyone, but it's just one of those things like, can, can they, you know, get through what they're really trying to do? Um, so I think eventually, but I haven't heard any updates. No, just like you said. So. What I love the idea of is trying to live on the road with like a, a a vehicle that has access to superchargers and you don't need to tow. That's a big difference, especially when it ties into the range argument, which is why I love the idea. I love the concept of putting in some kind of additional space in the bed that can unfold when parked and fold up when you're driving so that your range is barely affected. It's just a little bit higher payload, but I'm not sure if what their concept, um, I'll make you work harder. They had interior pictures basically showing mm-hmm. that uh, the, oh, there geez. were like these beds in a TV and a desk. And my oh, pitch that I've been pushing for a long time is I don't think you need all that because I mean, the second row seats fold upwards and mm-hmm. the front row seats can fold down. Um, I'm the kind of guy that is car camped just sitting in the driver's seat. Oh, sorry. There's fireworks everywhere. I'm the kind of guy that can, uh, I can just sleep in the driver's seat, just fold it down. You put some pillows underneath your legs. My wife can do the same thing. So I'd be sleeping in the cab because that's where you get HVAC. So you can keep it running for camp mode. And I would love to have a big accessory in the bed that unfolds like that, but it's just a bathroom. 
I call it the cyber potty. Okay. <laughs> you put your black water tank, you got your shower in there, you got a stand up shower. I guess that's the hardest part of car camping is like, yeah, you can sleep in the back of your Model X and you can have HVAC running and you're comfortable and you can drive around, eat out. You don't need a kitchen, right? Because you're saving money. <laughs> you're not getting a hotel. But the hardest mm-hmm. part is. Oh, okay. What do we do about the toilet? What do we do about the shower? Uh, we got to do a truck stop or we got to get a gym membership or something. I love this concept of living on the road. I just, that's not how I would utilize the bed space. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree. And the, you know, the whole, um, solar panel, they got to convince us by telling us they're comfortable <laughs> bucket underneath <laughs> um, yeah. the, the concept of the uh, solar panels for this thing, you know, obviously it gives you something, but so I have solar on my house and we have mm-hmm. 35 panels, I believe on my house. Okay. And that is not enough for our two EVs. Uh, so, oh wow, you're gonna need a lot of sun to a lot of panels to be able to. Really I don't even know if Tesla's inside. announced if that's possible. Can you charge it from a solar accessory that doesn't plug in via NAX? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. There was rumors. And, there was rumors in the code about the solar uh, tonneau cover but that never mm-hmm. formulated into anything. But I'd be very curious about that. But even so, regardless, you're right. The The bigger problem that more people should be aware of is how solar translates to energy consumption and the cyber truck. Well, I mean, that. we can do it really easily right here. So, you know, let's say how many solar panels do you get there? Five. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of solar panels, like five, well, 400 kilowatt panels. You think, you think that's reasonable or you think that's too much on the cyber truck? Yeah, on a if you're parked, I'm saying parked, and you can fold oh, it out. Oh, okay. Unfold. You think it. five is re- reasonable, um, or you think that's too much? How much per panel? Four hundred. Four hundred watt or... panels. Yeah, four hundred watts. Okay, big yeah. panels. Yeah. Okay. okay, you could probably get five to unfold. Okay, so that's two kilowatts. You know how long it's going to freaking take <laughs> you to charge a cyber truck? <laughs> on so, and you're not going to get right. two kilowatts the whole time. You're going to get that maybe you know five or six hours a day if you're lucky. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah, it's not great. Um, yeah, so 43 panels for Tesla Mojo, and he's in Florida. He's saying it's still Oh, jeez. See, so. this is why I'm such an efficiency guy, is because when you get your watt hours per mile down to, like, sub 200, that's when solar starts to really translate into meaningful miles. 100%. Um, and then let's do this one. This is a pretty interesting question. So how long mm. before Tesla raises the price of the Cybertruck? So um, I'll go first. In my opinion, I don't think... I don't think they're going to do a price raise anytime soon because I'm sure they did a lot of thinking about the price before they revealed it to everybody. (laughs) At the same time, if people are nonstop buying these, you know, special edition cyber trucks, Mm -hmm. they are going to raise the price. Yeah. I mean, Tesla is very elastic with that. So in my opinion, especially with the interest rates, the way they are right now, I don't think we're going to see this. I don't think it's impossible though. What do you think? (laughs) I'll play devil's advocate. I think it will. I think it will go. <laughs> okay. When? Uh, depending, when do you think they're going to raise them? Um, yeah, there's there's so many variables, so I could be totally wrong, uh, especially with interest rates. But I think at some point, interest rates <laughs> sounds impossible. At some point, interest rates will probably go down, mm-hmm. and I don't think Cybertruck demand will change much. 
If anything, it'll go way up because the interest rates are better. So people will feel more comfortable collecting more debt because they'll go, oh, I'll you know spread it out over the life of the truck because I can afford it and the interest rates are better. So Tesla will probably get away with a little bit more. I, I'm just remember. I'm reminded back to earlier in January where the base cheapest model X was 121 grand. The plaid was like 140. Yeah, that was crazy. And I feel like the only people I, I feel like the only person who remembers this. Everyone's like, no, they wouldn't price it like that. I'm like, guys, like a year ago, this these yeah. were all 140, 150. The Cybertruck, in my opinion, is a way better vehicle in every way than the plaid model X. And there's a ton of demand and a lot of people backing out probably just because of the expectations being too high or the interest rates. But as the interest interest rates normalize, it might make more sense to hike them. I don't know if we'll see it hit, you know, 200 grand, but I oh, won't be shocked. It goes up a, a bit more than where it is right now. Yeah, I was, that was kind of my thing with the Cybertruck pricing with all the speculation mm-hmm. is I just kept saying, look at model X, look at model X. This is already a ramped vehicle. And, right. you know, the, it, look how expensive it is. Cybertruck can be that much cheaper than that, especially because the battery will have to be bigger, which it is. Yep. It's actually not as much bigger than I thought. I thought we were getting 130 kilowatt hours easily. Um, I was surprised, and, honestly, by the by the size. But given the energy density of the cells, it, it kind of makes sense why the higher range option is not prioritized. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think we're also living in a bit of a tech bubble. All of the Tesla people are fully aware of the Cybertruck deliveries and we're all talking about it. And okay, it's out. I saw one, but I've still talked to a handful of people in my family and friend circle that aren't aware that deliveries have begun. And some people that are barely aware the Cybertruck even exists. Even the rock was on Joe Rogan. (laughs) Tesla make an SUV, you know, and people go, Oh my God, how are you so out of touch? But that's just most of the world. Really? Most of the world is not browsing Twitter, looking for Tesla news, Tesla updates. And in my experience, what sells Teslas more than anything, more than advertising, more than uh, Elon, more than all of that put together is butts and seats and turning heads. And the first few thousand Cybertrucks being delivered is going to suddenly spark a lot more interest. And you'll probably get a lot more demand once people realize, oh, this is no longer a, you know, concept car. This is in production. Right. People are delivering it and they watch some YouTubers review it that are not huge. They watch some smaller YouTubers review it. They go, okay, this this guy actually really likes it. He's he's being real and I kind of want one now. Yeah. We're gonna see a different wave of demand from outside the tech bubble and that could push prices higher too. Yeah, for sure. I um went to the dentist this morning and the dentist had heard of it, but he had no idea that they were started deliveries and the tech, yeah. uh, she had never heard of the Cybertruck at all. She didn't even, she had never heard that <laughs> word before. And I was like, Oh, do you, have you heard of the Cybertruck? She goes, what? Oh, what is that? And I was like, Oh, Tesla was making a truck. And she goes, Oh no, I never uh-huh. heard of that. That was her. She had no idea. So now, yeah. I mean, if she, if she ends up Googling it, I don't know if she will, she'd be like, what the hell is this thing? You know, like she's never even seen or it. Or she just I sees mean, one, you know, just right. down or the road. She'll she be like, it, didn't realize, you know, maybe four years ago or whatever. So yeah, it's kind of weird. What's All right. Let's, what is that thing? <laughs> let's um, move on to, cause I do have a title here that says FSD. So <laughs> oh, <we laughs> I have that in the title. So let's, 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 well, no, no, no I just want to, um, cause there are some FSD questions. So I want to do that. Um, sure, sure. But if people want to, get back to Cybertruck. You know, like I said, this is all about the audience. So you guys just ask whatever you want to uh, hear about. So 
Uh, we got some pretty decent ones here. Uh, we'll start with this. So are we getting FST <laughs> V12 for Christmas? So it was, it's been my opinion for a long time that that's the goal is that Tesla mm-hmm. wanted it out in time for Christmas. Now that we're, I mean, we're like two, three weeks away. It seems unlikely. I still don't think it's impossible. I do think that what's happening mm-hmm. over there right now, of course, it's total speculation is these guys are going crazy working on it and doing whatever they can to get it pushed. Um, I think it's very unlikely that it's out by Christmas, but I do think that's still a goal internally. Um, so I would love to see it. I hope to see it, but you know, Elon talked about it. He did the live stream months ago, which in my opinion was very impressive, uh, especially for the state it was at. And you think it's been that many months of, I don't know, whatever development they do, um, feeding it videos <laughs> and sitting there and <laughs> while it learns, I don't know. Um, so it's gotta be so much better than what we already saw. Uh, you would hope. But he doesn't, he barely talks about it. I mean, he's too busy talking about, you know, all these conspiracy theories. Well, okay, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> he's, he's, I, that was, that he was spends not too right. much time on Twitter in yes, more ways I, than one. Yeah. Well, the only reason I said that is because of him bringing back Alex Jones. But, um, I mean, he does talk about other things that are very important. Um, yeah, but he yeah. talks about a lot of other things that are not FSD or even Tesla a lot of the time now. So mm-hmm. we haven't heard much in the way of updates. You know, I think four weeks ago, we got a, yeah, FSD is coming to customers in two weeks. And then about a week after that, it went to employees. So I got excited and people got really excited because, you know, there's the employee and then it will start to come to customers sometimes. Uh, but so far, it hasn't materialized. So uh, I will add on to that. The, the employees that got it, it was a small pool of employees. It wasn't the full all employees got it. It was uh, like an engineering group. Um, I don't know the numbers, but it's small. It wasn't all the... because. All employees with um, FSD, from my understanding, can kind of opt into this early access where they get it before the customers. It is not that pool. So once it goes to that pool, that's when you'll probably start to see like even some leaks of release notes or little video snippets because even though these employees aren't supposed to share that stuff, they usually will. Um, And from my understanding, they definitely can get fired from doing that, but they normally don't. So Hmm. although some have. (laughs) <laughs> so if you're an employee, don't, okay. just don't, don't leak it. Um, but anyway, it's not worth uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do you think? I mean, you were not, no, you don't think this is coming by Christmas. I don't think every FSD timeline I've learned to immediately like double it, triple it, quadruple it. And you'll probably be right. <laughs> I, I don't think, um, I don't know. Every day I get a little bit more bearish on the whole level four, level five stuff. Uh, just cause you know, I watch your videos. I watch lots of people's videos and I've been watching them for many years now. You know, we got beta, I think over three years ago and yep. we're November still, October, we're sorry. still in that. Yeah. We're still in that level two zone of, we have to supervise it because it might do the wrong thing at the wrong time. And I think Tesla is probably having a big, I predict they're having a big internal debate about this. Because Elon, in particular, has been kind of banking on FSD changing the whole state of the company, and that's how you should value it. Um, And it's going to be so good, and it's going to kill car ownership and all this stuff. And there's got to be the same, as much as there's a debate externally, I think there's a debate internally going on about, is that really the narrative we want to push? Because we've been trying to get this code right for years and years, and we keep discovering new problems or digging up old ones when we fix one, you know, like your lane drift concerns, those kinds of things still exist. And you talk about them and you report them as much as you can. And people are like, okay, it's been 
six months of this and we're still Seven, not really eight, getting yeah. it's climbing yeah and i'm like okay i do believe that tesla's tackling autonomy in the best way possible i don't think there's a better way to do it but i'm not convinced that means level four level five is obtainable like some people are convinced it's more of a when not if i'm falling more into the if category and i don't want to be right it's the same thing with the Cybertruck pricing. I don't take pleasure in this, but uh, the more time goes by, the more validated I feel, especially if I go through a construction zone and there's weird signs waving me around and I'm just like, okay. How, or the wipers are getting confused. And people with FSD are complaining. People without FSD are complaining. I'm just like, okay. Like my autopilot shut off the other day just because the sun was hitting at the right angle mm-hmm. you know or yeah. a bug splatted on the camera and now it's confused and i'm like <laughs> how is this supposed to be <laughs> i'm i'm in love with the concept of level three so i'm just yeah i would settle for that i would be happy if i didn't have to pay attention in all circumstances if it was just highway driving you don't have to look but once we exit the freeway you do have to pay attention that would be an amazing milestone it wouldn't be robo taxi but that would be great progress and we still can't even get to that stage yet. So I'm I'm losing hope every day. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I hear you on that. And I'm so I'm at the point where I love using it. I still use it, you know, daily. Based, uh, I mean, I use it for pretty much all of my driving, but mm-hmm. with tons of interventions and disengagements in terms of, you know, obviously if I make a video, people don't want to see me drive. They want to see what the car is capable of. Yeah. So I leave it. I let it go slow. I let it maybe do some bad things as long as it's safe. Um mm-hmm. But in my daily drive, I actually, this, I'm planning on making a video about this because uh, I've been planning on it for a while, but I got a comment recently and they're like, like, I see, you know, you did the drive and you didn't have to really take over, but this is not like a real, this is not what like a new customer can expect. And that's totally true. You know, like, yes, I can push it and see what it's capable of, but nobody's, you know, n- most people are not going to be using it in that way. And so I want to make a video um, the, the way I actually use it. Because I do use it for all of my driving, but that comes yeah. with a ton of accelerator pushes, a ton of lane changes, uh, a ton of you know either steering inputs or something. Not so much steering inputs. I usually let the car do all of that um, pretty much always unless it's uh, dangerous. Sure. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to go over the way it's actually used and what people can expect new customers. You know, if they if they purchase it, because you know, especially with the um, the free trial you get now if you use a referral code, which everybody should, uh, then you get three months to try it out. And so my coworker actually just bought a model three, um, two or three weeks ago. Oh, nice. And yeah, he got the same one as you. Um, and he, he absolutely loves it. He was skeptical of, you know, all the EV stuff. Like he's, he's not a crazy person, but he just was like, yeah, I like my car. I don't really care about, um, yo, Gregor trucker. What up? Um, I don't really care about, um, electric or gas. He's like, I don't drive that much anyway. And I'm like, dude, you'll love it. I let him drive my cars. <laughs> anyway, long story short, we went out nice. to lunch the other day and uh, last week and I was like, oh, use FSD. I want to see, you know, what you think and blah, blah, blah. And, he, and I was like, do you use it? And he's like, eh, not really. It kind of like accelerates too hard and then like it breaks too late. And he's like, it's just not that comfortable. He's like, so I'd rather just, you know, kind of drive myself. And I was like, yeah, that's, you know, that's understandable. And then he starts to yeah. kind of justify what he's saying. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't need to do that for me. I, w- I just want to know like someone who's not a complete nerd. He doesn't read any Tesla news. He's just a, a guy who yeah. bought a car. 
And I was like, you're the exact person I want to hear from because for me, I'm way too inundated. I'm surrounded by all the nerds, uh, the ones that either hate (laughs) it or love it. And so he, he let it drive. And I mean, it was, it was a very short drive and we got one pretty big phantom break, which I haven't had in a long time, Mm -hmm. but, but we did in that drive. Um, I took some videos that I've been meaning to post. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Um, at one point it like veered towards an oncoming car, um and he's like oh you know we get back and he's he's got a good attitude and he's like yeah so it only tried to kill us like three times and we're all laughing about it (laughs) but i mean that's the state it's in you know and and elon's been Uh saying for 10 years that it's you know going to be solved at the end of the year so from my perspective this is very long-winded from my perspective i really enjoy the product i have i wish it would you know make make less mistakes and be better I enjoy it as it is, but going to the level four, level five, I I'm still to this day. I'm like, okay, like, sure, whatever. Like, I just don't believe it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think it's an expectation thing. Same thing with the cyber truck is yeah. the, the, the more you realize using the phrase, but Elon said doesn't usually go very well. <laughs> I found if you tune him out and just assume he's way too optimistic and he's going to talk up a huge storm, you're going to be disappointed if you listen to everything he says. But if you tune it out and just look at the state of the product, the Cybertruck, the production model, compare, you know, cross compared with all the other Rivians and F-150s and everything else on the market, it's an amazing pickup truck. Like it does so many things that no other vehicle can. And yeah, okay, amazing vehicle has expensive price. But I, if you didn't have that expectation, but Elon said it has to be affordable compared to the Lightning. Elon said, that, yeah. don't listen to that. Just look at it as a product and you won't be disappointed. Same thing with FSD. I love the fact that there's a company working so hard to make autonomous driving safer and they're trying to make it work everywhere. I just wouldn't call it FSD. That's my biggest problem with it is that name kind of associates, especially the the F, full. They're doubling down full. You can't even say partial self-driving. I'd be okay with self-driving more than full, you know, we've got to emphasize it does everything. No, it it really doesn't. But if you just look at it as a software feature today, yeah, it's amazing. It's really cool that a car is capable of handling all of those turns, roundabouts. You know, you could probably, if you had a heart attack, plug in the hospital and it would probably get you there. It might confuse some people along the way, (laughs) but there's a much greater chance of you making it in a Tesla than anything else. If you had a heart attack, you right. can't, you, you, nothing else is even attempting turns right now. It's incredible. But yeah. I just wish the expectations would be a little bit more in line. If we just called it, I think we should just have free autopilot and then call everything else enhanced autopilot. That's what I would brand it. Yes. That's, yeah, that's, that's fair. the city street turning and autopilot is a great name because that implies, you know, the vehicle, the vessel, the plane, the car, whatever can keep you on your course, but autopilot does not mean there is no need for a pilot. You know, there's no need for right. a driver. So I'm in favor of the autopilot terminology. I don't like the term FSD. <laughs> it sets the expectation wrong from the beginning. I hear you. Yeah. I almost feel like at times, and this is totally just me making things up, but I almost feel like Tesla has left that name because it's such an easy thing to attack. It makes it so that mm. people kind of waste their time and energy attacking the name rather than actually attacking <laughs> anything else, you know, so they can, because who, wow. who cares what it's called? You know, if you call it, think of you that. know, right. If, if you call it whatever, like <laughs> not full self-driving, it's the same thing. The name doesn't actually change anything. Um, so I, I don't know if they kind of strategically have done that. I mean, I think 
initially it came out of the fact that Elon wanted to be like, yes, it's going to do full self-driving. But part of, I feel like the reason there's probably two is number one, well, mm-hmm. he believes and doesn't want to like admit to which it wouldn't be, but he, he, you know, maybe thinks of it that way. And number two, possibly it's an easy thing to attack. It's a waste of time because who cares? Um, so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think he believes it. I don't think he's malintended. I think he genuinely believes it's possible, but both as a pro and a con, Elon's not a quitter, which is great yeah, if you want right. someone to make a startup electric car company because it's incredibly hard. It's downright near impossible to turn an EV company profitable. So you need someone who's not a quitter to just, you know, sleep at the factory, work really, really hard. But sometimes there are projects that, or or narratives, I, at least I should say, where it might be time to kind of rethink your technique, rethink your strategy. I personally think Tesla would be much better off if they stopped pushing the narrative that uh, we don't need to design cars with steering wheels because everything's going to be autonomous very quickly. <laughs> if you stop pushing it, and probably the more damaging thing is when Elon says things like, we don't need to turn a profit on the cars because our long-term profits will be on robo-taxi. When you say things like that, a lot of investors are going, okay, so you mean the whole future of the company is based around how good this software is. If you have one bad update, now the investor's like, okay, the company's toast. <laughs> like that was the whole that was the whole thesis. So if you disconnect it from okay, the company can only succeed if it becomes a robo taxi fleet, then also yeah. the legality thing, I don't think people are aware of enough. Yeah. No, that's a big part of it. Do you want to respond to this? Are you looking at the comments that I'm putting oh. up? Um, yeah. Says Drew, don't uh, you think uh, full self-driving beta is an accurate name? They're shooting for full autonomy, but the beta says they are not there yet. I mean, they they slap beta on everything. I don't know if that really helps or uh, what narrative that somewhat pushes. I Like auto steer still has beta terminology, even though it's been a thing for like yes, almost 10 years. So <laughs> I think it's just a mouthful. And I think it it sets the wrong expectation from the beginning because that full self-driving beta implies, I mean, with a lot of games and a lot of software, people associate beta with, well, in a couple of months, it'll be done. Or maybe in a year, it'll be done. And I don't think we should send that narrative that, well, in a right. year, this will be all complete and then it'll be full self-driving. No, don't tell people, don't get people's hopes up. Don't yeah. call it, it's full self-driving beta is kind of like calling it the $25,000 Tesla or <laughs> a more direct yeah, no, way of like calling that. it. The $39,000 Cybertruck. I don't think we should call it that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And and on the website, it doesn't say full self-driving beta when you select it. It just says you're buying full self-driving. So, That's true. Um, That's true. Yeah. I didn't think uh, that. So, so this one ties in nicely from John uh, Krauss. Uh, do you think it's possible they genuinely achieve a significant level of autonomy, but just keep it level two forever as to avoid legality issues? So I would say... I mean, this, you know, is very up for interpretation because what does significant level of autonomy mean? In my opinion, especially compared to other vehicles, I think they have achieved a significant level of autonomy. Finally, I wouldn't have said this in the beginning because Mm -hmm. for the first, you know, about two years or so, even when I tried, which I made a video and I said right in the beginning, I'm literally trying to make an easy route. I'm not trying to trick anyone. I want to see if the car can finally get somewhere without me doing anything because I've been doing this for a while and it can't make it anywhere. So I did like a two mile route with like two turns and it couldn't do it. Uh, (laughs) Whereas now (laughs) I tried to make the easiest route possible. Um, Whereas now I can, you know, realistically make it multiple drives in a week and do absolutely nothing. 
Now I don't normally do that because I like to press the accelerator, but it's very easy. It's very possible that I do that. Um, so I think they're pretty far along, but I think more probably what John is asking is like, do you think we get to a level where you could, you know, close your eyes and go to sleep or text or something, but Tesla doesn't want to take the responsibility. They don't want to take liability. Uh, and so they'll just, yeah, you're in, you're in charge. You're responsible. Um, so what do you think? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. The good way to phrase it, because I think there has been some terminology on the website where there's like FSD is described as a level to a system, which I think people were implying, oh, this means even if it was the uh, feature complete, they don't technically have to deliver on level three, level four. And yeah, there's a lot of uh, regions in the US where there's not many like rules. There's a handful of places where regulators have developed a a process to get a robo taxi on the street, like San Francisco. I believe there's a place in Florida where if you pass a certain set of requirements, like Chandler, Arizona, you have Waymo there where they're like, yes, a vehicle can operate without a driver in the driver's seat. Um, but I think it's a totally different scenario to suggest, okay, can I sell a vehicle to an individual and let that individual stop paying attention to their surroundings? That's not yeah. uh, very common. Uh, Mercedes barely tapped into that with the level three system that only works when the moon is in the right position. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but And then you see it failed. I not to get too off track, but it failed on the oh, test yeah. course. Oh, my God. That was <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just I have not seen Tesla's risk appetite get very high. If anything, it's no. actually we, we've regressed in terms of liability. In the old autopilot one days, I don't even think um, there was much of a steering wheel nag. Uh, I think it was, or it was easily. So originally, or originally autopilot did not have a nag on the steering wheel. Um, That's it. Yeah. And they didn't have an interior camera or anything back then. And so people right. were posting, posting these videos of like, oh, look, I got out of the driver's seat and stuff. And right. I mean, you know, again, like kind of like what you said earlier, any other car, you'd be dead if you did that. So it, it's kind of cool. Right. But like that's very wrong. Don't do that. So Tesla sure. was kind of forced. Um, I wasn't following as closely back then, but I think there was some regulatory pressure to be like, all right, what are you doing to make sure people aren't doing this? So they added the nag at that point. Yeah, I think the other problem I see with the legality thing and a cruise probably set back robo taxis way more than people think. Yeah, that that put a huge negative stigma now against robo-taxis, which is probably going to affect regulators' uh, approval of it now that they've seen there's a dangerous wrong way to do it. And the problem is Tesla wants to send out updates routinely. And as we've seen with these beta updates, you can have one update actually perform far worse than the previous one, which gets very annoying to regulators because a regulator is going to say you have to be this safe or you have to have this many interventions per a million miles or you know it has to be super safe but then if you in launch a new software update and the difference here is this is a software update in control of millions of cars on the road if that right. one update actually regresses below the threshold then they have to ground all fsd you know they okay turn it off on everybody's car because it's no longer legal I don't see a quick, easy way. And a lot of the Tesla bull positions on robo taxis are like, well, Tesla's solution is the most scalable because they can just send an update out to all of their cars. And now they have robo taxis everywhere. Legally, I don't think it's that simple. And I haven't right. seen proof. I mean, I've talked to Tesla bulls and lawyers about this. And some of them have said, well, 
people can sue Tesla now for how it performs already. You don't have to be level three or four to get sued. I'm like, okay, then why are there so many nags? Yeah, but they also from... no, that's that's a lame argument because also people never win those lawsuits because it is on the driver. You know, anyone mm-hmm. who thinks logically for half a second realizes that yeah, even if the car does something dumb and it results in an accident or whatever, it's your fault because you should have had your hand on the wheel. It's very easy, you know, to take over those things. But that's kind of been my kind of threshold of, you know, people mm-hmm. like, when do you think it'll actually be autonomous, et cetera? And I'm like, well, I don't know, I don't know when, but you'll know because Tesla will take liability. Because at that point, if it actually is autonomous and it actually is, you know, I, I say the numbers a lot because people are like, oh, it's like, you know, going to be 10 times safer than a person. And I'm like, all right, that makes no sense because people get an accident every 500,000 miles, right? So uh-huh. if FSD is 10 times safer, it's going to get an in, into an accident every 5 million miles, which sounds great. But if you have a hundred, you know, or if you have Tesla driving 5 million miles a day across all their cars, now you have a Tesla FSD accident once a day, right? Um, so you need it to just, fault? well, Tesla it'd be Tesla at that take, point. So they you have need, to take a lot more legal responsibility at that point. Right. You need, you know, it to be like a hundred or a thousand times safer uh, than a person to have a few enough accidents that, it's financially viable and, you know, accepted by regulators and things, but it's, it's all a lot of speculation. It, the other thing, I don't want to spend too long on this, but the other thing is just redundancy of the system. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not an expert in this. And I feel like even to me, it's obvious that there's not enough, you know, the front cameras. Yeah. There's, there's two up there and the wipers can clean them off. But yeah. like you said, if like, what if a bird craps on the wiper and it can't see for three seconds? Like, okay, you can't see. That's happened forward. to me. <laughs> yeah. And it's gonna, it's gonna have or the side uh-huh. cameras have, have no redundancy. The rear camera gets covered in mud all the time. So it's like, I don't know. I just, it doesn't seem like there's enough physically there to get to a point where you're so fail safe um, that you can. Vandalism is another big art. problem. I don't think people talk enough about um, and people say who's going to yeah. vandalize it, but this is going for people's jobs. This is going for taxi sure. cab drivers, you know, jobs. I think there's yeah. going to be a lot of people against the existence of these, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of unions that'll probably fight robo taxis. And it's going to be incredibly easy for them to take, you know, one piece of flex tape, bam, at the airport when it's parked. Now it can't move. And who's responsible sure. for it? You know, if someone vandalizes yeah. your personal vehicle, you take care of it. You got to call someone. You got to get a tow truck, whatever. But a robo taxi, what happens now? It's yeah, I, I, I'm not as concerned about that one because, I mean, it's definitely a threat, but you can vandalize, you know, any car. Like one of the things people bring up is like, oh, what if someone puts a stop sign randomly and then it'll stop, which it would. Um, unless, <laughs> unless it wants to blow the stop sign, uh, <laughs> a big stop sign. Yeah, um, yeah. and I'm like, you know, if somebody really wanted to cause chaos, they can go throw nails on the road and screw up all the cars that way. It, it's illegal. And sure. When these things are new, there'll be more people kind of screwing with them and stuff. But I, I think that's yeah. a really short term, um, problem. So yeah, it's far more complex than I think Elon thinks it is. And that's why I wish they would change their narrative about it. I, I wish they would. And they might have, have actually started. I think more recently in interviews, Elon's kind of been more careful with the way he words it. Yeah, I will add, and this was a couple of years ago, but when I went to the AI day, 
Uh, I went to AI Day 2, and I was lucky enough to meet several of the autopilot team. Um, yeah. It was such a weird experience because like, oh, my gosh, love your videos. And I'm like, no. This is <laughs> and I, I <laughs> wish awesome. I would have – well, I wish I would have been a little more investigative and, and talked okay. to them more, but I got a little starstruck. Yeah by these guys. Um, and so I kind of froze every time I was like, no, there's no way like you were screwing with me. But anyway, I did talk to one of them and they're like, so what are you thinking lately? How are the updates? What do you think of the progress? And I was like, you know, like I'm impressed overall. I think it's great, but like the messaging, you know, when, when you have Elon saying every year that it's going to be solved by the end of the year, people kind of get tired of it. And it's, it, it diminishes how cool this really is. Because it does. That's so true. You, you, you're not at the goal. And then, you know, he kind of smirked and I'm sure they, they weren't allowed to say much, but he was like, well, what do you think of that lately? And I kind of thought about it. And again, this is a couple of years ago. I was like, <laughs> you know, actually, to be fair, I haven't heard him say that in a while. He goes, yeah, it's, you know, he wouldn't say much more, but he basically implied Elon figured that out and he kind of calmed down. But then it was only a few months before he started doing it again. <laughs> right, exactly. So. I was going to say, it definitely happened after AI Day 2. It definitely <laughs> did. But in that little pocket, there was a big area where he didn't kind of be like, oh, yeah, it's almost done or whatever. Um, well, that little interaction that you shared, that makes me mm -hmm. feel like this is just as much a debate externally, I mean, internally as it is externally. We're all debating what's the future actually going to look like in terms of autonomous driving. We all know it's going to be a great feature at the very least. It's a great incentive to buy a Tesla over another car. But does that mean it will replace the need to own a car? That debate's probably going on. And I bet a lot of the board probably tried to pump the brakes on Elon and say, okay, you should, you should be careful what you're, especially, I, I think the most annoying one for me was I watched autonomy day live back in 2019. Mm -hmm. And that was the presentation where he put the numbers up on the screen saying you buy it today and it'll make you 30 grand a year. And there will be a million of them at the end of 2020. And that's yeah. just awfully scammy to me. Yeah. I was very surprised to have hard numbers. And there was even the guy, you know, my first thought was like, okay, then you can just buy as many as you want because they're basically free. Right. Like, <laughs> and, and and somebody brought that up and he was like, okay, well, I'm just going to buy them all and make all the money. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, he said it a little more professionally than that. And Elon's like, no, you can't do that. And he's like, yes, I can. And it was like this super <laughs> awkward back and forth. Uh, I mean, because I remember collabing back then i had friends that said like i'm buying up five six model y's with fsd because i'm gonna have this fleet when i get I older never. yeah a lot like, of this uh, a lot of this comes down to perception and expectations and like what you think is realistic because you know don't get me wrong i was hyped by that first ai day and i was like oh this is sweet like i hope this happens but i didn't mm -hmm. believe it i mean i i'm a very optimistic person but i'm also extremely skeptical and if you don't have the evidence like sitting right in front of my face I'm not going to believe you. Yeah. Even if it's 100% true, I'm like, uh, I need a, I need a little more than that. So for That's me, true. when these things don't don't materialize, I just like, you know, I'm like, oh, I wish that happened. But I'm not that disappointed because I never expected it to actually happen in the first place. Where I think a lot of people do take that at face value and they're like, holy crap, this is going to change the world. And then when it doesn't happen, right. they're like, oh, what the heck is this? So um, I call it bull chow. It, it's stuff for the... <laughs> the bulls to eat they go That's because funny. i think tesla or maybe elon has this idea in their head that it doesn't matter if something elon will attempt things that he knows are hard difficult i think he actually thrives on it he doesn't like living life without attempting crazy difficult things that 
you know, he'll talk about Tesla and SpaceX all the time. Like, oh yeah, it was a horrible idea. And I knew that there wasn't a high chance of success. So again, right. pro and a con. The the pro mm-hmm. to that is that he can attempt things that no one else would even attempt because it's so ridiculous. Right. The con is that you're left disappointed with a lot of the things he attempts. And I think another big bull chow is the bot. Like mm. you can you're basically bot. If a bunch of people are convinced that you're going to replace the entire labor force, you basically just need to convince a certain percentage of the population that they should pour all of their life savings into Tesla stock. Yeah. You don't need everyone, but if you just convince Mm -hmm. a little bit of people, oh, yeah, okay, they're going to replace all jobs. I should probably invest. That, it paid off, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, well, (laughs) yeah, that's an... You know what? That's another one. I I am so excited for Tesla bot and like, I want that thing yeah. so bad, but like, I don't actually believe it's coming anytime soon, even though I'm like hyped for it. I like, don't, I don't believe it. I feel but like I want it's it. the new, what do you call it? Uh, big the new FSD. Dilemma. Yeah. It's, the, it's like, okay. Uh, people with, uh, I remember people with hardware uh, two or hardware one cars bought FSD when it first came out, it was like $3,000 or something. And they said, every car from 2016 onward has all of the necessary hardware for full self-driving. And those guys didn't get beta for like years because Tesla was like, oh, you're not important. We're focusing on hardware three because that has all of our special cameras and computers, everything we need. I'm like, Tesla could continue doing that where they go, oh, well, actually, the solution to FSD is to make a computer that can contextually know its surroundings as good as a human. In order to get that right, we need the bot working. So once we figure out the bot, <laughs> then it can be easier. That's why we don't have actual smart summon, right? You know, like <laughs> version 12 yeah. is supposed to fix all that. So we don't need to waste time working on it right um, now. We'll, we'll have everybody without ultrasonic weight. Did, did you see my uh, basically this uh, live stream chat with Scott Walter? I think a little bit, but I would, if you have like, you're driving a lot or something, I would put it on, put it on in the background and listen to it because he actually made me more excited for bot because he works in robotics and all this. And he had some very realistic, like medium to short term kind of uh, possibilities. And he was very open about like things the bot can't, he's like, no, it's not going to do these things. Like that, that doesn't make sense. He's like, but what it can do when it can replace that got me more excited. Um, cause he's talking about these certain factory and he had, I mean, watch the video if you can, but at least listen to it. He, he had videos of, of specific, uh, things happening in Tesla's factory right now that the bot could moderately easily do. Um, and his example, I've heard people talk about it. Yeah. So his example is basically there's this machine where you have a part and you place it inside and then you walk away and you press a button so that the machine doesn't squish you. And then mm-hmm. there's while it's working, you do the exact same thing on the other side. And you go in and you put the thing and you press a button. And if you break this laser, it won't do it because you know it doesn't want to squish you. And yeah, yeah. The, the human, you know, messes it up at one point. And it is, I mean, it's honestly like you literally like pick something up and you put it over here. And then you go back and yeah. you pick something up and you put it over here. And he was like, This uh-huh. is something he's like, I could easily see them getting the bot up and running to replace this specific job within, you know, 12, 12 to 18 months or yeah, I don't know if he gave a timeline, but it was, you know, and I was like, okay, that makes me excited because now you have an actual application or an actual job is now replaced. I mean, sorry to that person, but you know, that's just how technology <laughs> yeah. works. I wonder um, how many jobs are purely just that. Well, not a lot, not a lot, but the point was they could do it at some mm-hmm. scale. And then from there you could yeah. you know build up. So anyway, um, I'm excited for it, but yeah, I'm very skeptical of it. Um, are you well, good? Yeah, I think time? your expectations are in check. Yeah, I'm good. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Usually they are. I do. I do get hype about certain things and I do get very excited, but I'm always very skeptical. Um, so let me get a, I do want to address this one real quick from, from John and it's, it's, you know, more speculation again, but so he's asking these uh, bugs that, cause I know John, we talk on, on X has the same problems as I do with the lane drift and the wipers. And mm-hmm. he's asking, do you think that Tesla's ignoring these because they think FSD is going to fix them or are they genuine bugs they can't resolve yet? So I, I definitely don't believe they're bugs they can't resolve yet because these were not problems before. So there has mm. to be some type of like regression uh, or like, you know, code they could, I, I don't know enough. Maybe I shouldn't be saying it this way, but <laughs> they had, they had a working system that didn't do these things before. So I got to believe they know how to get rid of them. Why are mm. they not fixing them? Usually, uh, and I actually did hear something along the lines of this from the team when I went to add it to, usually yeah. it is, it has to do with, it's just not a priority. It's not mm-hmm. that they don't know. I guarantee you they know that this is happening. They know. Mm-hmm. Freaking fix it if you're in here listening. Like, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> but I guarantee they know. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the answer simply comes down to it's not priority. Because I asked them, one thing I did ask them um, was, why, why um, are there these super low-hanging fruits, you know, that you're not working on? Like, no turn on red signs, you know, or, or these little things that seem simple, but the car didn't do. And they go, basically comes down to our priority right now. Number one priority is safety. That's it. Mm -hmm. And which this lane change bug is actually a safety issue, in my opinion. Um, But number one priority is safety and all else comes after that. And we just kind of ignore it until we think we're at a point where we can start working on those other things. So my guess is that they just have, in their opinion, bigger fish to fry. And they're probably not experiencing Mm -hmm. these things. Um, So I don't know. Yeah, FSD priority is California and Texas. Nothing else matters. <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah, I partially agree with that. I don't think it's just like um, I don't think it's a big software stack of code that says you know don't lane drift <laughs> anymore. I think it's this really interesting. That's how I write very, it. Yeah, <laughs> don't do bad thing. You know, I think it's so much more. It's like this giant complex neural network brain, especially with V12, which is supposed to be like. You don't hand code it or something. It's just it takes. Yeah, they in deleted three hundred thousand lines of code and. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's like okay. How do, I don't even think they know how to fix that. I think it's like a it's a training program. Uh, like, mm-hmm. it's not as simple as just make it stop doing that. It's like you have to keep throwing different equations at it to get it to come out with the right answer. So that's why this stuff is so hard to develop and it's so hard to stick a timeline on. Software development in general is usually hard to put a timeline on. And this is even more intricate, more complex. And yeah, I I think you're probably right that they've likely moved on to a completely different coding architecture to the point where spending time on the old architecture fixing a bug isn't going to matter because they know they've kind of hit their maximum on V11. So it's time to move on to a new strategy and hopefully that fixes it. Right. And I see this a lot. Any code fixes will be thrown out with the rewrite is complete, which is, which is true. And I get a lot of pushback and it's like, well, well, they're not going to fix it. They're working on V12 and we've gotten like five or six updates while we're waiting for V12. Why would they, why would they not address these things? I mean, if you think of it, you know, for me, it happens to me every single day, multiple times, the lane drifting Mm -hmm. and I'm so used to it. It's still, I'm still like, Ah, freaking idiot. You know, I crank the wheel and um, I don't do voice reports anymore because after doing the same voice report literally for six months, every single day, 
I, I was very diligent. I was like, oh, I'm helping. Oh, yeah. I'm helping. No, I'm not. So I stopped doing that. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I have it on free autopilot. It does the same thing. And my wife oh, was like, that's yeah. really annoying. Will that go away if we get FSD beta? And I was like, no. No. Really. <laughs> no. Um, and so I know. And so, um, but for someone that's not used to it or not experienced or whatever, I, I feel like it's very dangerous. I posted a video to X not long ago showing what happens if you don't take over. And this thing mm. zooms to the end of the, the ending lane. Oh, yeah. And it will it will slam the brakes and try to turn or get back or something if it can. But if there's a car next to you, I mean, it's really bad. And and I saw a, a post on um, Tesla Motor Club forum. And a person, they didn't know. They, they must not you know follow the social medias and stuff. But they posted this problem. And they were like, yo, this, this just happened to me at like 60 miles an hour. What is going on? Um, oh, this is a safety they, thing. Oh, for sure. And they were scared out of their mind. And, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. just, I talked to them back and forth a little bit and kind of told them what to look out for and stuff. So now they know, but I don't know. I just can't believe that Tesla is leaving it um, like that. It's very confusing. I agree. Yeah. So, um, all right, let me take one more fun one here. Um, cool. We'll go from Mike in the woods. I know you've talked a lot about lucid. I don't follow them too closely. Um, gotcha. I saw lucid is getting removed from the NASDAQ and their CFO resigned, not looking promising thoughts on what lies in store for lucid. So my short answer to this is the only reason I, they're still in business is because they keep getting, you know, money from their investors <laughs> <laughs> from Saudi Arabia or wherever. Yeah, um, yeah. There's no chance this company would still exist if they didn't have money being pumped into it. Um, so my thought has been they're going to go bankrupt. There, there's going to be a point where whoever is pumping money into this, in my opinion, is going to be like, okay, you know, we tried. Yes, we have, you know, <laughs> 500 billion more dollars, but we don't want to give you uh-huh. any more. Let's just shut this down. It was a failed experiment. That's what I think is going to happen to Lucid. I, though, if you would have asked me three years ago, I would have thought that would have already happened by now. Um, True. So I, I would have been True. wrong. Uh, but mm-hmm. what, what do you think? Well, I should preface they're being removed from the NASDAQ 100, which is different from being removed just sure. from NASDAQ, period. Yeah, just right. slight terminology change there. Um, the CFO resigning, honestly, was to me good news because I feel like the financials have been horrible. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, maybe get someone else in there. I don't know who's taking over, but uh, someone with maybe a better plan for, because I just think um, they need to halt production or severely scrap production on the air. I don't think that car is helping them. <laughs> like they're losing yeah. so much money every time they sell a lucid air. I really like the lucid gravity. I'm confused why they didn't start with that. I think they would have been far better off if uh, they would have started with the SUV, but uh yeah, similar to you, I would have predicted they'd be dead by now a few years ago. So it's totally up to the Saudis. If they want that company to exist, it will. And so far, there's still a thing. So that means someone with a lot of money believes in them and wants them to continue to exist. And I feel like at this point, if they've lost this much money, they probably feel like they've they've blown it all like they're not worried about (laughs) losing more it feels like they just really really want it to be a thing so yeah i i think that the saudis will most likely keep them afloat until the gravity hopefully brings them to profitability but i i don't own any lucid stock i would never tell any human being on earth to buy a share of lucid i had a few friends that bought the stock for fun and i was like you're stupid you should have just lit the money on fire So I'm not like this lucid, like savior, like, yes, they will survive. I just think 
Well, they've made it this far. Yeah, the, the investors have the sunk cost fallacy, as Zaphod is saying. <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, yeah, this is a, a huge point that Kurt is saying. I cannot believe mm. they pay their CEO so much money. Oh, yeah. losing money every year. If I was an investor, I would be like, uh, no, you don't make money. You right. here's some options. Just like Elon did. Elon didn't get yeah. an income while Tesla was losing all that money. He got tons of options. And you know, people get all mad at him for being the richest person in the world. And it's because he put everything on the line. He wasn't making well, and we all bought the stock. That's exactly. Why right. And he wasn't <laughs> making millions of dollars a year. Well, and now Tesla makes a great profit and they have, you know, what, $20 billion in the bank. He wasn't getting yeah, yeah. millions of dollars every year and accumulating it to become this wealthy, you know, crazy guy. <laughs> he risked it all by accepting options as compensation to be like, all right, I'll reach this goal of whatever stock price. And then I'll get my compensation if I do a good job, which is how every, in my opinion, CEO and board member should be functioning. These are already for the most part, wealthy individuals. They don't need to be making millions of dollars a year. They need options in their companies so that they work hard to right. make their company successful. And then they will reap that benefit, you know, tenfold or whatever by doing that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, the I like he's the, getting paid in cash shows his perspective on what the company's worth. <laughs> right. It's definitely. It's super weird. It's it's a very weird setup. Um, so yeah, I don't know if 300 million a year is the right number, but it's a large millions of dollars a year that he's making. It was the highest paid automotive CEO. <laughs> yeah. Despite having like the least, yeah, more than Ford, more than GM, all of those guys. And yet uh, having the worst losses of any vehicle in production, basically. If they were smart, yeah. they would stop production. If they were smart, they would stop paying this guy all that money. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So, yeah, very strange. But, um, okay. That's a fun topic. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody. Very expensive hobby. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining. Um, I want to let you go, Drew. Um, And I hope everybody enjoyed. Make sure you follow Drew on his different channels, Talos. Just type Talos into YouTube and then click subscribe on the 20 channels that come up. Um, He's got very good (laughs) content on lots of different topics. So uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Bye. All right. Bye. Have a good night.